Right now, as I'm recording this, Dutch farmers are protesting, blocking roads and streets, and in fact, food distribution over pretty radical environmental regulation that the Netherlands government is forcing onto them. And it will probably exacerbate or uh, become more of the ruling that happens throughout the European Union. We're talking about huge nitrogen reductions. We are going to see some of this. Remember what happens across the pond does work its way to the United States of America. So I think we're going to see more of this products that can allow us to use less of the things we put on our fields and do more efficient usage of those nutrients. That's what we're talking about today. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey folks, thanks for being here on another fantastic episode of Extreme Axe Cutting the Curve. Today we're talking about a new product from a new company. I know you've heard this around here because one of the things we do at Extreme Ag is trial new stuff. The company's called Sound Ag. The product's called Source Corn, Source Soybean. It's a nitrogen reduction product. And I think this does tie into the future environmental scenario we will face in agriculture. I've got Eamon Flood. He's the VP of sales for Sound Ag. And he's going to talk to us about what that company does. But we're going to start with the problem they solve because that's what you care about. And that's why you tuned in here. Nitrogen reduction and soil health. You told me before I hit the record button, Eamon. By the way, welcome to the Cutting the Curve. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You told me the two things, the promises of your product are we reduce nitrogen utilization, uh, nitrogen application, and we uh, improve soil health. Let's go with the first one, the big N, the first of the macronutrients, NPK, N. You say we want to use less of it because we've got environmental pressures. This product helps that. Talk to me. Yeah, no, totally. Um, thanks for having me again, Damien. I'm, I'm excited to be here and um, excited to talk to you about uh, about what we're working on. Um, so I think like, if we take a step back, it's uh, really we're focusing on soil health and there's like this growing trend in agriculture. I think that's um, starting to pick up steam more and more each year, which is focusing on what's happening below the crop itself, right? And, and soil health. Uh, and there's a ton of potential there in terms of what's already available in the soil that the plant can use and, and benefit from. And so what we do is we, we at Sound, we actually just, we study those interactions between the microbiome and the plant. Uh, because in, in essence, it, it sort of acts as an elevator, that, that symbiotic relationship where nutrients are provided to the plant via the soil, and then the plant passes nutrients down to the soil as well. And we, we are trying to create chemistry that activates that process and, and strengthens that symbiotic relationship. And what some of our products do, source corn, source soybeans on the nitrogen side specifically, is that it activates nitrogen um, through the, the bacteria that's in the soil already uh, and, and unlocks that and makes it available to the crop to use. And so it can, in some cases, add yield uh, for a lot of farms, but uh, some of our customers as well are actually looking at their nitrogen use efficiency and trying to cut back little by little on nitrogen 
And um, in those instances, many of them are also looking for other ways to, to sort of add bushels. Um, and, and so then they look at source as an alternative when they're cutting back on nitrogen in some cases to, to add yield in addition to, to, to reducing their, uh, their input costs as well. Eamon, I'm, I'm here to find out the problems we solve and make it so that it's digestible for the members and the casual observers to what we're doing extreme ag. And when you said that, First off, soil health, I appreciate you leading with that. I'm glad as a guy that's been around this for 53 years, this industry that is, that soil health started being something that people cared about. I was the wannabe agronomist. Uh, it was a little too much science for me. So uh, I, I opted out uh, and became ag, ag economist instead, if you will. But I like when people are thinking about soil health because that stuff that happens in the farms in America, that's that's where it all starts. I mean, that's that's yeah. where that's where we need to focus. And frankly, I think we've been guilty of beating up our soils uh, with too much tillage. We've been guilty of over applying chemistry. We've been guilty of mistreating our soils, or frankly, we treat it like dirt. And we've covered that in a lot of episodes here at Cutting the Curve with new practices our guys are doing. Think about soil health. One of our people uh, said, I think it was Kelly, a couple of uh, uh, episodes back, he said, I'm convinced that we probably have enough fertility in that soil, and we've always just over-applied fertility, especially the big ones in PK, and we're just not getting our stuff out of it. And you're going back to health, that's why I'm going so long on this. He said, I put a plate of nutrition in front of you, but you're not healthy, you're sick. You can't eat all that energy and all that food. He says, I think that's what we've been doing to our soils. And so you led with soil health before you talked about nitrogen reduction. Talk to me about your journey on soil health. Now working with this company that that's one of their big tenants. Yeah, I mean, you you nailed it. Um, it, it really is like, so I'm not an agronomist uh, by training and, and I'm sort of um, learning this as a lot of this as we go. I've, I've worked in ag for 10, 12 years now. And so um, I've had I've had some good exposure to it, but- what, what we see is, is typically there's like a law of diminishing return on, on things like nitrogen, um, as you just mentioned, where you get to a point where you can continue to apply, but ultimately it's, it's not going to benefit the plant because it already has sufficient amount of nitrogen uh, available, right, through those applications. And um, in many cases, what the plant will do, it's going to use whatever is most readily available to them. And so that's, if you're applying synthetic fertilizer, it's, it's always going to be that. And back to the point I was making before about that symbiotic relationship between um, the root zone of the plant and the soil, what we've seen is that as you, as you continue to, you know, as we've advanced modern agriculture with new technology, right, and, and we've used more and more of it to um, increase yield, uh, reduce the amount of um, resources, right? I think you, you, you like to talk about the amount of calories that go into producing calories and, and how efficient we've got over time with that. Um, and it's totally true. But what we've seen is with over-application of fertilizers that that symbiotic relationship between the root zone and, and the soil actually starts to get weaker over time. Right. So I think the, the comparison you used um, from, from Kelly and, and the plate of nutrients, right? If you already have, if you're not in shape, you already have enough nutrients, you're not going to want to eat that. It's, it's sort of the same thing with the plant. And so um, what we're effectively trying to do is, is look at that um, diminishing return, uh, right? So at what point are you sort of at the maximum level of nitrogen applied, uh, your, your NUV score, and um, see if ultimately you're over applying, you're at that right spot, or in some cases, actually, some farms are, are, are not applying as much as they, as they probably should. 
we, we establish that and then we base our recommendations uh, for our product off of off of that as well. Um, and hey, wait, yeah. wait, just for the person here that uh, dialed in because they think this is a cool concept and they say, hey, wait, I don't want to I don't want to act dumb here, but uh, what's an NUV score? Uh, the NUE would be your nitrogen use efficiency. So um, an example of this would be uh, a farmer that is, let's say, using 200 pounds an acre of, of bulk fertilizer uh, in an effort to raise 200 bushels of corn. Let's say that's their that's their yield goal per sure. acre. Yeah. That would be a 1.0 NUE score, right? So it's really the pounds of, of, of nitrogen applied to the yield target, yeah. right? And, and um, Farms that have a that are let's say more efficient with their nitrogen usage would have an NUE score of um, lower than 1.0, and then ones who are maybe applying um, say 220 pounds of N per acre to raise 200, they would have an NUE of of, of above above 0.1 or of uh, 1.0. And, and so, so what we're yeah. proposing to do with the Sound Ag's flagship product out the gate, source corn, is reduce the amount of pounds of nitrogen that we apply and still retain or even grow the bushels produced. Same, so same output, less input is what we're proposing to do. Yeah, certainly. I think every farm situation is is a little bit different, right? And um, it's not sort of like a one size fits all approach, like most things in ag, right? Especially when you start to look at the soil microbiome, there's so much variability in a single field. Right. So, um, yeah, we, we try to do our best to, to uh, obviously we can't get too scientific. And, and in some cases, there's just not even necessarily enough technology available to really get get down to that level of specificity, like within the field. I mean, there's cool stuff from companies like Trace Genomics and Pattern Ag. I think you had one of the guys from Pattern Ag on not too long ago talking about a lot of this as well. There's some really interesting technology that I think will allow us to get more specific within yeah. a field. Uh, but obviously, we, we have to sort of balance you know, what's available in form of technology, you know, how much time it takes to ultimately get that information. Uh, while at the same time, you know, providing farmers with good recommendations on how to use, uh, how to use our products. But yeah, we look at, we look at a few factors when, when trying to help farms, uh, like decide how, where to apply source, because ultimately we're of the mindset that we don't, we don't think that this product should be applied to every acre. Uh, we, we, we ultimately, we're thinking about first and foremost, retaining our customers. Year Am I, do I need to remind you that the, your title is VP of sales? This yes. needs to be on every acre. You're never going to sell. It. It's got to be on every acre, right? I mean, come on. If you want to sell more stuff and get a promotion, it's got to be on every acre, every acre. I mean, sure. I, like, I think that's, that's, that's a lot of the way that uh, pro that's probably a way a lot of VP of sales think. Um, but we, we tend to take a more of a are we retaining customers year over year? Are they satisfied with the product? And sure. ultimately what's gonna to lead to high satisfaction rates uh, is a good customer experience and a good product, right? And so what does that mean? It means uh, you know, product efficacy and it means a high win rate. Uh, and then also just adding bushels and, and creating value for the farm. And so um, what, what we're most concerned about is that if we just allow and say, hey, go apply this to every acre, we're actually gonna see some fields that maybe don't need source and ultimately don't perform as well. And so we, we really want to try to help customers optimize to maximize value for them so that they want to come back each and every year and continue using our product. And we think the best way to do that is by trying to optimize and be precise with applications as opposed to just recommending just apply this everywhere for the sake of sales. I, I, I like it. And I, I really think that as information becomes almost overwhelming, I mean, I heard a thing um, a couple of weeks ago in a business chat that I was involved in 
use the term information obesity. You know, 50 years ago, we're out there on the farm and soil sampling was kind of like, yeah, I've been doing it here for the last 10 or 20 years. And you'd go out and grab a probe in that field and in that field. Now we do it every two and a half or even every one acre. So, you know, and then the computer models and then the GIS and then the data monitor, and then you work for climate. So God knows, you know what I'm talking about and yeah. granular and all these tech formats or platforms, if you will. We now know what's happening on this row of corn versus this field. Um, yeah. It almost becomes too much. Again, yeah. information, yeah. information obesity, because we've got so much, we didn't have hardly any of this 100, we had none of it 100 years ago, some of it 50, a little bit of it 50 years ago, more of it 20 years ago, and good God, it's coming out of our ears now. But here's the thing. As we go through that, information is power. If you know how to utilize it, and we need these platforms, you know, aforementioned platforms to do it, and we're going to get better about our, our application and our utilization of everything. And that's where it excites me about what you're doing there. But let's go back to the thing using the technology and finding out where there's a problem, where there's not, where do we not use, you know, you talked about the problem yourself. You said it doesn't go on every acre. Where do we not use your product? Um, yeah. I mean, I think where we would probably, where we would probably try to start with a lot. I mean, again, every customer situation is a little bit different, but um, I think it, it depends on um, what the way we would recommend it is if, if, if you're looking at a field, let's say that has a nitrogen use efficiency below a 1.0, meaning that the farmer's efficient with nitrogen, they're probably using the optimal, like close to the optimal level for, for growing whatever their, their, their yield target is with those farms. We would, we would probably say on, on those specific fields, those are the ones that you should apply source to if you're chasing bushels, like you want to, you want to try to get five, six, seven, eight bushels per acre more. Uh, in those instances, the yield boost is the primary value proposition. And, and for those farms, we would say, go for it. In other cases, if there are farms or fields rather that have an NUE above 1.0, meaning that they're less efficient with their nitrogen usage, there we would actually start to recommend cutting back on nitrogen first and foremost, and then replacing some of that with source. Now, if there are farms that are um, like, and so, so there's a little bit of a balance there because some farms are more comfortable than others in terms of cutting back on nitrogen. And so that's a journey that each farmer has to go on, uh, in terms of what their level of comfort is. And so it's a little bit of a balance between, um, how are you going to use the product? What's the end goal of using the product? And does that make sense for this field in terms of what we think you would need to do to, to, to maximize value for it? Um, and so, and then there's other fields, I think, where, you know, in some cases, they've probably just applied enough nitrogen for the year. They don't need anything else. And, and so we wouldn't apply on those fields altogether and, and think about maybe maybe focusing on that next year with with some end reduction. Um, and then there's other there's other factors as well, just within some of these fields in terms of um, things like pH levels and uh, what they ultimately would mix the product with, because some of the value propositions with our product um, is that it's a low use rate. Uh, it's shelf stable for two years. And uh, it mixes really well with a lot of other products. And so you can, you can sort of have it ride along with, with tons of things that farmers are applying. So let's go with that. Let's go with that. We talk all about compatibility issues here at Extreme Ag. Um, when am I putting this in? How am I using this product? Yeah, for sure. So um, if you're looking at corn for early season, uh, we, would, we would recommend that you're applying like, let's say around, um, it's going to primarily be around like V4 to V6. Okay, so it's a foliar. Uh, it's a foliar. Yep. It's... It, uh, it goes over the top. 
Yes, totally. Okay, yes, that's right. It's not in furrow. It's it's full. It's it's strictly foliar. Okay, I put this on after the plant has emerged. I don't do anything pre-plant or planting time. This is post-emergence product. Yes, that's correct. So V4 to V6 for the early window, and then um, also later in the season VT to to like R2 R3. Okay, so we 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 put this on twice. Um, no, we would recommend just putting it on once. And when you, and, and it's sort of like, look, if you're going to apply it, um, like a fertilizer or liquid fertilizer, or something like that, um, earlier on in the season where the crop is going to have available, available nitrogen, we would recommend to do the later application window. Um, right. If, if you're not doing that early pass early in the season, then we, we would try to go for that earlier window because we tend to see just a little bit more, uh, a higher, a slightly higher efficacy rate, um, win rate when it's in the earlier application window. But that, but we're not going to recommend that if the farmer is already applying or has already applied uh, fertilizer that early in the season because it's already going to be readily available and you likely wouldn't see a strong response uh, in the form of yield from from applying source. Eamon, you're one of uh, you're you're a kid from Minnesota, one of the top five corn producing states. Um, we we talked about corn. We also have a soybean product, and I'm going to pick that up on another episode because I wanted to stick with the nitrogen reduction yeah, and the sure. corn product. So let's stick on corn. Um, if I use this stuff, how many years can I say that this has had, had, I know that we're doing trials here at Extreme Ag. How many years do you think this was in the development? When did Sound Ag come out of the shoot and say, we got this product called Source to put on corn to reduce nitrogen uh, needs? Yeah, so so the product's been around available commercially for purchase for um, our third year. I would say that like last year was our first real commercial season, and in 2020 we had you know a number of farms that were using it in sort of very limited quantities. So, but for for about three years it's been available commercially, and we've had farmers paying us for for the product. You, you said but, shelf stability and um, compatibility are two big things. When I think of shelf stability for two years, as you said, that means it's not a biological. This is actual chemistry, not a biological. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we can let's we could circle back to that. Um, I think to to the um, the other like the other half of the 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 question is um, the research for this product that goes back like eight or nine years though. So yeah. there was probably five six years of R and D happening in the lab uh, and doing like field development type trials, mm -hmm. and then just. Uh, Three years ago, we we started to uh, make this product available commercially. Um, yeah, so it's been around for a while. And then on the, do you want to get to the biologicals, uh, the difference there, or is there anything? I think else? I understand the difference, but go ahead and tell me in in uh, in the elevator speech uh, sort of manner. I've got I've got a product that you have, and I'm I'm not being mean. There's a lot of startup companies that yeah. are touting biologicals. They get venture capital money. They say, you know what? And I think. 30 years ago, 40 years ago, we thought biologicals were snake oil, but I do believe the future is going to utilize the hell out of biologicals. It's just that um, there's still a lot of clutter there now. Does that sound like a fair, a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it. There's just a lot of there's a lot of new companies in technology, and I think as a like farmers have to wear so many hats, and trying to trying to stay on top of all these new products is is really difficult. In addition to all the other things that they they ultimately have to manage and, and make decisions for. So um, yeah, it 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 feels like there's a lot of biological companies, and that a lot of these products are coming from like very new and young young companies or startups that are from like venture cap uh, areas of the world, like Silicon Valley, um, for sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we're kind of at the cusp of this revolution uh, in ag where more and more farmers, again, are looking at soil and yeah. soil health. 
right? And I think this category, because we, we aren't a biological, we get lumped into this category often. And, and right. we're, we're, I mean, we're fine with that, right? We are like a chemistry that, that stimulates the, the microbiome and, and um, focuses on, on activating like biology or biological properties. Uh, but by definition, it's not that. Uh, however, I think like the goal is pretty similar with a lot of a lot of companies like ours, uh, whether they're biological or chemistry, and it's it's mainly to to look at how can we continue to help farmers um, achieve more profitability, but also being um, thoughtful about uh, environmental stewardship, right? And so for us, it's like whether I think of it sort of as we're a tool that's in the toolbox, and a farmer needs to pick up that tool and use the tool the right way. But there are other tools that are available in the toolbox too. And so you also have to think about, am I using the right tool for the job that sure. I want to try to achieve, right? Yeah, and biologicals are a tool that's in the toolbox, just like ours. And we have the goal of, of trying to help farmers, you know, reduce nitrogen and be environmentally, like environmental stewards, but um, without having to sacrifice profit margin, because ultimately their businesses too, and, and need to grow and, and, and provide, you know, uh, just the same way that many other small businesses would. I like it. I'm trying to say if I missed anything. Well, I was going to accuse you of being just another one of these companies with a whole bunch of funding behind you that's throwing out these products that uh, you expect the farmer to buy. But you already told me you don't want it on every acre. So I'm trying to be critical. What did I miss? What criticism did I miss? Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think we've covered a lot of the basics, um, right? Like, but, by the um, way, when you said that you get called a biological, that's only because there's so much new product coming out in that category that you assume that that's where it is, unless it's from one of the four majors. Really, yeah, I think yeah. that's don't you don't you think that's the deal? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, right. And and look, there's some really successful biological companies uh, in ag right now too that are growing um, as well. And I, I don't. I don't know, like they were here before us, they got started a little bit earlier and I don't necessarily mind, um, you know, riding coattails a little bit either, right? Because I think we're all like, again, I think the goal is is pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we're competing, but uh, against one another, I think for maybe brand brand awareness and attention from the farmer. But yeah. um, like, ultimately, I see ourselves as competing against the status quo, which in many cases is is fertilizer. And, and what we see is that there's just a lot of over application. And I don't think that it's at the fault of the farmer in many cases, like, I mean, you can apply 200 pounds an acre of, of nitrogen and in all likelihood, you'll like 30% of that will go to waste, right? Yeah. Um, so that's like a, especially with where fertilizer prices have been recently, that's a lot of money that is being lost, right? And right. so can we can we try to help solve that? Um, so I, I yeah. agree and I have to grudgingly agree because remember I get hired to speak by fertilizer companies. And if I'm not here telling all their customers that you are applying more than you need, you know, that's bad for their business, uh, the fertilizer companies too. But this is, this is a reality that we're going to face. I can be the one that says that. Uh, and, and I got to say that, Eamon, I, I hope that we get it. Well, I hope that we figure it out and address it before we are forced by environmental forces yeah to drastically reduce our food to where then we actually do have food security issues. Cause it's like, Holy hell, it wasn't like, Hey, over the next couple of years, reduce your nitrogen applications by 2% a year. Okay. But if it's by like what they're doing in the Netherlands, you got to reduce nitrogen emissions and nitrogen use. And it's like, all of a sudden these guys are going to have to liquidate their cattle and not farm. I mean, that's about, and that's, that's getting too much. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I don't want, I don't want, um, unfortunately, I mean, the unfortunate truth too is, Damien, is we do have some customers that are coming to us that are looking for a solution yep. to help with new regulations that are being put placed upon them to try to control how they're using these products and how often they're using them. 
right? And so even in the states, you're already starting to see certain states, uh, you know, come down and, and start to actually put some of this, uh, some of these regulation and policies in place. I mean, you know, back to your your question about uh, criticism, like we, we, I live in California right now, uh, and California is sort of they're really kind of pushing the envelope for this type of regulation, right? Um, and I think what we would like likely see is that over time, more and more regulation will start to move towards the Midwest from, from some of the, like the Chesapeake Bay, we have customers out there that are using source for yeah. this very, to try to solve for this very topic. So over time, I think we'll start to see that in the Midwest. I'd love to try to help farmers get ahead of the curve on that so yeah. that they can control their destiny a bit more there, as opposed to having to wait for somebody to come in and tell them what to do, because that creates all sorts of different challenges as well. If you're all having right. to make adjustments in a all very right. short period of time. 100% agree. And again, we, we want to be ahead of the curve and cut yeah. the curve, as we say here, meaning that before it becomes mandatory by regulatory reasons, you're just going ahead and doing this, which we've, we've always done. You know, we've we've always done. Yeah. Right. Uh, last thing, Professor Flood, money. <laughs> yep. Money. Uh, and you don't have to be specific because I know that it depends on maybe it bought through a retailer or whatever. If I want to buy your stuff, do I buy it from a retailer or do I buy it direct? Do I, where do I get your stuff? Yeah, so we have so we have a yeah we have a large network of dealers that we're building up. Um, they're primarily independent dealers right now. A lot of seed dealers, uh, independent agronomists, and consultants. Uh, okay. That's probably uh, like if you go on our website and you go to the where where you can buy page, that's what you'll see. You'll see a, a list of, of of dealers that you can go purchase this product from. So it's it's primarily through a, a network of dealers. Um, okay. In some instances where we maybe don't have a footprint uh, with with our dealer network, in those cases we would work directly with with customers. But obviously we're we're partnering with uh, these independent dealers to try to help us grow grow our business, and so naturally we want to try to help them grow. Understood. Their and then if I want to experiment, because let's face it, uh, anybody that's out here in this space is going to say, "Hey, I'll try yep. it. I ain't gonna put it on every acre. I'm gonna try it where I think that I'm burning up too much nitrogen application, not getting a bang for my buck." If I want to put this on a couple, you know, 400 of my acres, let's just say, whatever. Um, what am I spending per acre? Yeah, so it's going to depend on, you know, ultimately, like how much volume, um, right? And I think the good one good thing about buying from us direct versus going through our dealers is that more than likely you're going to get the same price. Um, we, 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 we do, we are really like conscious about that. And we don't necessarily want want people to be able to go around and, and get different yeah, prices understood. from different folks, right? So, um yeah, so for, for corn, it's going to come in at MSRP is going to come at, at, at the list price. It's going to come in at 14 bucks per acre for corn and then okay. 10 bucks per acre for, for soybeans. Now, so for, since we talked about corn, so 14 bucks an acre, if I put this on and I'm around $6 corn right now, I need about I need about two and a half bushels of corn, let's say, to make me make my money. But more importantly, even if that my bushels remain the same, for I need to reduce nitrogen application by 14 bucks and your product will help me use $14 less nitrogen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I think it's, it's going to be dependent on the farmer's um, individual situation. I whether understand, not but, that, that, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. So for around 14 bucks per acre uh, for, for the corn product. Yes. And I think the, the quick math napkin math that you did there is, um, is exactly right. Yeah, that's right. And, and typically I, I think um, a couple other things I would just mention about sort of like the testing, like how, how do I sort of dip my toe in the water on this? Um, we got ways that we can help customers with that. I think one thing is that we would see baseline performance for this product, meaning that if you just go apply it randomly, you're going to see probably a win rate of around 74%. Um, and we typically see around like four, four and a half bushels of, of uplift there. If we do a more precise placement, talking about some of those factors that we, we discussed earlier in the call, 
that's where you're actually going to see just much better performance. And, and on average there, we see around seven to eight bushels an acre of uplift and a win rate of around uh, 85%. So there's a huge difference there. And then the other thing I would mention is we do have a performance back guarantee. So for farmers that are looking to dip a toe in the water, now there's minimum thresholds you need to reach. And for corn, that would be to buy 732 acres or more of our product. But if you can hit those thresholds, we will essentially provide a performance back guarantee where if the product doesn't pay out, right? Obviously we will, we will pay the farmer, uh, you know, uh, for that. So uh, we, we are very thoughtful about the fact that farmers, um, you know, there's lots of new products, they want to try them, but there is, there is some risk there. And so that's, that's in an effort to sort of help that. And, and obviously it helps a ton with us with sales because it, it gives folks that, that peace of mind going into I this. like that you came up with a nice square number, like 732 acres. Yeah, right yeah, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. I know. Uh, it comes back to sort of how we, how we package the product a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a certain, it's a, it's a certain number of ounces or gallons of your stuff. It's a liquid product, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's fully applied again, and it goes down at 0.7 uh, ounces per acre. So like yeah. when you order this for 732 acres, you're literally getting like four jugs of our corn of our corn product. It's it's very, very little compared to a lot of uh, a lot of other products that, that farmers use. So it's, it's pretty convenient that way. You gave me some other numbers. Though. You told me roughly in the rough terms of speaking, it's gonna be about 14 bucks an acre. So again, I got to save $14 on nitrogen or I get two and a half more bushels of corn and use the same amount of nitrogen to make this make sense. And in your trials, it's done more than that. And I would tell the listener, stay tuned. We're going to be with Kelly Garrett at Garrett Land and Cattle, Western Iowa. He's doing some trial work with this company. We will give you Extreme Ag's results uh, at the end of this year or beginning of next year when we've got the results all in from field trials also. And that's the reason you're here is to see what we're doing and also make sure that you get honest information you can trust. If I want to learn more about this, uh, Eamon, where do I go? Yeah, go to uh, go to our website, sound.ag. Uh, reach sound, out to us if you have, sound, you have he talks a little bit fast. Sound.ag, www.sound.ag. Yes. Sound like the thing you hear in your ear, dot ag, like the business you are in. He's Eamon Flood, VP of Sales for Sound Ag. If you really have a big question, look him up. It's a small enough company. I'm sure you can find him. And if you can't find him directly, you get a hold of us here at Extreme Ag and we will make the connection because he wants to grow this business and he wants to do it the right way. My name is Damian Mason. Thank you for being here, Professor Flood. I keep calling him that because he looks like a professor. If you're listening to this, which most of you are, you don't realize he's got the beard, he's got the spectacles, he's got really good Conan O'Brien hair. He looks a little bit professorial. So anyway, thanks for being here, sir. I appreciate that, Damian. Thank you so much. You bet. Till next time, make sure you check out more of our stuff. And also, please come back for more here at Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve. But there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.Farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.